It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Monday, the day when the coffee becomes a lifeline for getting through another busy start to our working week and it is the 18th day of September. The weekend was over really before it began, especially I guess for real estate agents working across the weekend uh, with their clients. And did you have an agent who showed you a property over the weekend that perhaps ticks all of the boxes, all of your requirements. And are people, I mean, here's a question for you this morning, are people becoming more and more picky, more choosy with what they want from a property? The must-have things. What do you think? I think we have probably become more and more choosy than we've ever been before. Well, coming up this morning, we are talking with Angus Moore from PropTrack. And good morning, Angus. Welcome to the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Craig. What do you think? Do you think people have become more and more choosy these days when it comes to, you know, securing that property? I think it's certainly gotten a lot harder. And so, you know, whether that means people are being more choosy or just having to be forced into a smaller set of possible choices, it's it's certainly pretty tough for homeowners at the moment. And just talking about how tough it is, housing affordability is currently at its lowest level in decades, posing significant challenges, of course, for these poor old first-time buyers. And it was borne out through PropTrack's housing affordability report, which which revealed that due to substantial increases in mortgage rates and, of course, the, the rising home prices, property seekers this year can afford fewer homes compared to 1995. It's not a great stat, is it? No, that, that's right. We've never seen housing affordability as challenging as we have today on our data, which, as you say, goes back to 1995. But even if you look at longer term measures that go back to 1989, when interest rates were north of 15%, the increase we've seen in interest rates today means it's it's basically as hard as it was back then to service a mortgage. Affordability is just incredibly tough for, for households right across the income distribution. It's not just first-time buyers. Everyone is seeing pretty tough conditions at the moment. And for instance, households with median incomes in Australia can only afford, I found this really interesting, this stat, can only afford 13% of homes sold nationwide, which is a stark decline from the peak affordability level seen in 2019, 2020 and through to 21 when such households could afford nearly 40% of homes. Wow, that's very enlightening. That's right. That's kind of what we build up the new PropTrack Housing Affordability Index from. It's a new way and a more comprehensive way of thinking about affordability that measures affordability, not as you know what a, a mortgage would cost you for some hypothetical home, but instead looking at your income, your typical expenses, and then backing that out from interest rates into what types of homes and how many homes could you actually afford to buy. At the moment, for households right across the income distribution, it's extremely low, as low as we've ever seen. And you know, as you say, for a, a typical income household, so that's one right in the middle of the income distribution, earns about $105,000 a year, just 13% of homes sold in the past year are affordable, which is incredibly low. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we'll come back to Angus in just a moment. We'll talk more property right here on the Real Estate Breakfast. We unpack all the important stuff so you're better informed. Know your property with us on the Real Estate Podcast. Well, the Chinese property developers are rapidly offloading or scaling down their Australian operations due to the worsening property crisis in China, which is getting worse month on month and this exodus includes major players who entered into the Australian property market with significant investments who are now selling these prime assets off and while the property market downturn in China has prompted this retreat it also raises concerns about reduced housing supply particularly in high density projects and some of the commentators are suggesting that we may May see fewer of these much-needed projects in the future. Well, if you're celebrating today your birthday, happy birthday to you for the 18th day of September. You're sharing it with Jada Pinkett-Smith, turning 51, and Lance Armstrong, the Tour of de France winner multiple times, or was he? <laughs> He's turning 52, and if you're a fan of the Sopranos like me, James Gandolfini. He would have been turning 62, but unfortunately, James passed away back in 2013. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. It's the main centre forecast. And let's check on your weather. And good morning if you are in Sydney. What about that temperature yesterday? Well, the temperature today, more of the same. 31 degrees and more sunshine. Melbourne expecting a mainly fine day with 21. Brisbane also sunshine 27. And in Perth, cloudy and lots of it in your top 20. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. It is a Monday morning and we are back with Angus Moore from PropTrack talking property, of course, what else? And want to highlight a significant portion of properties entering the market this year were owned for three years or less. And that's quite noteworthy. These sellers are individuals who purchased their properties after the pandemic began in early 2020. And the rise in short turnaround listings has also increased compared to 2021. And Angus, you did a bit of a report on this. So what was kind of standing out for you in this space? Yeah, so it's a question that we've looked at a little bit because it's the sort of thing that could indicate that people are starting to struggle with their mortgage. You know, the, the sort of story that you might tell here is that people bought during the pandemic, interest rates have gone up far quicker than they're anticipating, they're struggling with their mortgage and they're being forced to sell. And at first glance, this looks a little consistent with that. But when we dig into it, what we're actually seeing is that the areas where people are selling quickly, a home that they bought less than three years ago, they're actually areas where prices have grown really strongly. So places like Wide Bay in Queensland or McKay Isaac with Sundays, bits of Perth, you know, places that have seen pretty strong price growth, even in the past year as interest rates have risen. So there's, I'm sure there are people that are finding their mortgage tough and being forced to sell sooner than they might have wanted to. In aggregate, at least, it doesn't look like that's what's driving this increase in, in short turnaround sales. 
Yeah, you mentioned these areas, which I think also includes Toowoomba, and you mentioned Perth, Ipswich in Brisbane, where the share of these uh, short-term listings, I note, is nearly 8% points higher than the typical figure for these regions over the past five years. So that in itself kind of tells the story, paints the story for us. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, these are areas where we've seen pretty strong growth. You know, places like Ipswich have seen really strong growth throughout the pandemic and and even into, you know, kind of post-pandemic period with interest rates rising really quickly, prices have held up remarkably well in those areas. And you mentioned that it's not just about selling to be able to just uh, clear the mortgage because that they were under stress. There's some other reasons behind it. Yeah, the the kind of story that you might be able to tell here, and of course it's it's hard to tell from you know aggregate data like this what's driving every individual sale. But the story that you might tell here is people who have seen their prices growing faster than they maybe expected. They're now sitting on quite a big chunk of equity in their home. You know, it's important to remember some of these places in particularly places like regional Queensland and Brisbane have seen prices grow by more than 50% across the pandemic, which represents an enormous increase in in equity and in wealth. And so they're using that to upgrade sooner than they might have otherwise planned to. And saving for a deposit for first home buyers at the moment is brutal in this current climate and calculating the time needed to save for a deposit involves determining, of course, the number of years a household earning the average income would require to save 20% of their gross household income for a 20% deposit on a median-priced home. So, Angus, people really are looking at a number of years just to save for their deposit. Yeah, the, the 20% deposit is a, a very substantial burden for first-time buyers. And you know, we've only seen that increase over recent decades. You know, we talked a bit about how affordability is you know, as bad as we've seen in three decades and basically as bad as it was when interest rates were north of 15%. What is much worse today is what we call housing accessibility or the, the difficulty of saving a deposit. To put some numbers around that, you know, obviously a deposit's about wealth. So, it, you know, it is a, a kind of number of dollars that you need to be able to get a mortgage. But one way you can think about it is how long it would take you to save that wealth. Today, across Australia, if you were an average household, it would take you about five and a half years if you were saving 20% of your income, which is no mean feat. 20% is mm. a fair chunk. By comparison, in 1990, it was less than three years. So it's basically twice as long today as it used to be, just a much bigger burden. And if you're in New South Wales, it's a little bit longer, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. New South Wales is is pretty much always Australia's least affordable state. Homes are very expensive in Sydney as well as other parts of New South Wales. Um, and so, you know, not only is affordability harder, i.e. paying your mortgage, it is also much harder to save that deposit in Sydney and in New South Wales than it is in some other states, though even in many other states, it's it's still a big hurdle. And it was interesting to note that, of course, first-home buyers experienced very favourable conditions, we could put it like that, in 2020 and 2021, thanks to these uh, record low interest rates and the government incentives resulting, and I was surprised to see this, uh, resulting in more than 160,000 first-home buyers taking out new mortgages during 2021. That's the highest annual number in over a decade. But then, obviously, things became a little bit more difficult for the first-home buyer. 
Exactly right. You know, it's, it's maybe hard to, to remember now, given how quickly interest rates have risen. But during the pandemic, affordability was actually fairly good because interest rates were sitting at record lows. And that meant a lot of homes were actually affordable for people. And, and we saw first home buyers respond. 2021 was a really busy, active year for first home buyers. The, the busiest that we've seen since 2009, which, you know, again, was when interest rates fell and, and that helped encourage a lot of first home buyers into the market. We're obviously not seeing anything like that at the moment. The, the number of first-home buyers has, has really pulled back as interest rates have risen and affordability has kind of gone from pretty good in 2020 and 2021 to worst on record in 2023. I think, though, that the worm is going to turn. We've spoken last week to a few economists. They're all sort of quite hopeful that maybe, just maybe for the rest of the year, we're not going to see any more rate rises. And in 2024, we're going to see the the, the rate come down. That's got to be great news for first-home buyers able to save under the conditions where things aren't as tight. So how do you see that playing out, uh, particularly, let's say, you know, at the start of next year for first home buyers saving, wanting to get into their first home. You're exactly right that we're, we're probably unlikely to see much more in the way of interest rate increases. There could be another one or two, depending on what in, uh, inflation does. But we're certainly not going to see the sort of pace of interest rate increases that we've seen over the past 18 months. So that's that's going to help. And, you know, we're not going to see affordability deteriorate like we did over the last you know, 18 months to two years. The other good news for first-time buyers is that we are seeing wages grow and that's going to start to help offset mortgage costs, which will improve affordability, but it's going to take a while. You know, wages growth, it's, it's picking up. Labor markets are doing fairly well at the moment, but the increase in mortgage costs that we've seen will take a while to offset with that income growth. So, Unfortunately, it's probably going to be challenging for a little bit, but but things are at least heading in the right direction. Yeah, well, let's hope that it, it does, Angus. Thanks so much for showing up on our Monday morning, the hardest uh, day for the week. And uh, we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Craig. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 